Hey there, Freakonomics MD listeners. This week, we're dropping a little surprise for you in between our regularly scheduled episodes. It's an excerpt from a podcast we're big fans of, Against the Rules. On Against the Rules, financial journalist and best-selling author Michael Lewis takes a hard look at authority figures in American life and tries to understand what their experiences tell us about fairness. He's talked to referees and coaches, and now he's taking on a new group, experts. Michael wants to know, why is a country so good at creating experts, so bad at taking their advice? This season on Against the Rules, you'll meet oceanographers and baseball writers, nurses and former gang members, people who don't have a lot in common, but the mixed blessing of their expertise. The clip you're about to hear touches on a lot of the topics we discuss on Freakonomics MD, economics, healthcare, and human behavior. Michael speaks with Todd Park, entrepreneur and the former chief technology officer of the United States. His whole career has been based on the idea that in any big company, the person who actually knows what you need to know to solve a problem is buried deep in the organization, six levels down. Todd first discovered this phenomenon by accident when he was starting his first company, Athena Health. It was supposed to be a childbirth clinic, but then Todd met someone who inspired him to do something entirely different. Okay, so here's the preview. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. You can hear the full episode and more from Against the Rules wherever you get your podcasts. Todd and his fellow company founders needed an expert, someone who had mastered all the rules created by America's health insurance companies, someone who knew how to get those companies to pay a bill. Bob Gatewood kept seeing artifacts of this expertise. Every one of these billing offices we walked into, every single screen monitor was covered in sticky notes, like the whole margin of the monitor. And so we would always point at the sticky notes and ask the person, what's that? And she would say, and most often a she, she would say, oh, that's, you know, that reminds me that if a midwife does the delivery, I have to put a CZ modifier on the code. Or, you know, here, this one reminds me that Aetna only reimburses for a GYN visit every 18 months, not 12 months. So I got to remember not to schedule an Aetna patient too soon. And there were thousands and thousands and thousands of these things. Medical billing had become so complicated that hospitals were now employing a medical biller for each and every doctor. Todd and Bob noticed the successful medical billers were all of a type. Gladys, they called her. Super type A, you know, won't let anything past her. Likes to hold people accountable <laughs> for their mistakes. Right. And it's just kind of pissed all the time, like angry that they're not getting paid what they should. So at that moment, given what you're, you've just learned about just how critical Gladys is and how mm-hmm. important, like, the business succeeds or fails on whether mm-hmm. Gladys is on vacation or Gladys yes. is good, does it strike you how odd it is that Gladys isn't valued? Um, Well, that's part of why she's pissed, probably. Unless, you know, sometimes Gladys was the wife of the surgeon. Right. Right. They were all women. I'm not not being sexist. No, no. Every every single one we met was a woman. Um, But yeah, there were a lot of pissed off Gladyses who felt undervalued. By the late 1990s, the financial fate of entire hospitals turned on Gladys. It occurred to Bob and Todd Park that they'd stumbled onto a better business idea. 
find the best Gladys in the world, if she actually existed. If I had found you when you were, I don't know, 12 years old, and asked you what you were going to be when you grew up, what might you have said? I was going to be an accountant. This is Sue Henderson, medical biller. Seriously? It's very, 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 very exciting. (laughs) And, And the reason was math was just so simple for me. Everything about it was so incredibly logical. And uh, it just seemed a great path for me. You you killed your dreams early. <laughs> I, I was very practical, and I'm a, I'm a very, very organized individual. I, I Probably leaning a little bit on the OCD side. And so in accounting, there isn't any gray. So if you're doing the books and it's a penny off, it's wrong. Someplace you have to figure out where that penny is. And you can't just take it and tape it into the books and then close them. Sue Henderson discovered medical billing almost by accident back in the 1980s. Accounting had captured her imagination. Medical billing she found even more thrilling, which was in and of itself kind of amazing. You know, medical billers generally are housed in um, basements, I'm not exaggerating, of uh, hospitals or practices without a window, (laughs) and they're not appreciated. And it's kind of fascinating because if you didn't have medical billers, you can render all the services you want. And if you're never going to get paid, you're going to go out of business. They're definitely unappreciated across the board. How do you explain that, given what you just said, that you're going to go out of business if your medical biller is no good? Because I don't, I, I, I don't think that, I shouldn't say I don't think, I know. Doctors are not financial people. They care about patients. That's what they care about. The doctors Sue works for don't really get what she does or how she does it. They just leave her alone to play what is about to become a very high-stakes game. So when you first get into medical billing, medical billing isn't anything like as complicated as, as it's going to become. Correct. A lot of medical billers were overwhelmed by the complexity, but Sue kind of liked it. She sat in the basement of a hospital in northern Massachusetts, but she was ready to fly. When would have been the first time where you walked into a job and you increased the receipts because you were billing better? Well, that definitely would have been Holy Family Hospital in Methuen. And when would that have been? That would be in the middle of my career. 1980s, 1990s? Yeah, yeah, in the 80s, yep. In the 80s. Yeah. And so you, so that's a moment where you walk in and just by virtue of your command of the complexity, you're able to generate more payment to the hospital. It was a combination of complexity and it was a combination of looking at a department that was just so <laughs> unbelievably mismanaged. They had a quarter of a million dollars in unapplied payments from the Medicaid system sitting... What does that mean? (sighs) What does that mean? The moment I asked the question, I knew I didn't actually want to know the answer. Well, okay, so what happens is Medicaid is sending you all of these payments and you don't have a claim to which they can be applied. So either you didn't send that claim out 
The details of what Sue Henderson does? Well, even she has trouble making it sound interesting. And she's more interested in the details than perhaps anyone in the world. What's the secret to getting the revenue, getting the money out of the insurance company? Uh, it unfortunately is playing by their rules. That's the unfortunate part. There's simply now no way around that. And so if they're saying you need a modifier 55, you need a modifier 55, period, end of sentence. There's no way around it. And, and it's just playing by their rules. What's a modifier 55? I don't actually care about a modifier 55. Um, the modifier 55 would be um, a second, I won't describe it exactly, but it would be a, a, a second procedure code that is appropriate with the initial procedure code. So it's, there, there are hundreds of versions of this problem with medical billing where there's some nitty detail that if you leave it off, you just don't get paid. There are thousands of them. And over time, they were basically in your head. There were a lot of them in my head. Did you Have you run across anybody, any medical billers, who, who felt like your equal? Oh, that's a very... <laughs> I can't answer that question. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm quite sure there are. I'm quite sure there are. Uh, are there other people as equally knowledgeable? It, absolutely. Um, it, I, I just, don't know. You, you, yeah. you just haven't met them. I haven't met them. That was a preview of Against the Rules with Michael Lewis from Pushkin Industries. You can hear more from Against the Rules wherever you get your podcasts. 